You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is your host, Brady Trantham, and I am joined by the, the awesome Miss Madison Morris. Uh, Hello, everybody. The very busy Miss Madison Morris, who... <laughs> Had to work her other job tonight, and we I was just telling her before we went on uh, live, if you were going to miss a first half and still have the responsibility of covering a basketball team, that was about the easiest and best game for you to miss, <laughs> <laughs> or the best half for you to miss, because all you had to know was thus, the Thunder played really well on both sides of the floor after being down 13-3, to um, pretty much from the 924 mark on in the first quarter, and the Wizards just played I don't even want to say they played bad defense. They didn't even play defense at all. It, that that was a train wreck of a team. I even said that in my recap. But this is a train wreck of a season for the Wizards, and they certainly played like it. It was it was truly bad to see as a fan of basketball. I mean, um, the other thing I told you, the Thunder, it wasn't like the Thunder were just throwing up prayers, and it was just their night, and they got hot. Everything was well-earned. Everything came within the flow of the offense, and also, as a result of forcing turnovers, the Thunder ended up with 11 steals in the first half. I think they ended up with 16 or 17 steals overall, uh, 26 points off of those turnovers. Um, just a, a great night for the Thunder, considering they had to exert a lot of energy last night in Charlotte. And just a, an abysmal performance by the Wizards. So, um, yeah, like I said, it was a great half for you to miss. Okay, well, good, because I get to the station and finally get all of the televisions working because that was not the case when I first arrived here. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to miss the entire game. But I get the televisions working, and the Thunder were up 100 to 75 when I turned it on. So I just automatically assumed this had been a pretty good first half, or actually three-fourths of the game, since that's what I missed. So, uh, yeah, good deal there. Yeah, it, um, the, 79, the 79 points in the first half by the Thunder, the um, I think that tied a franchise record for most points scored in a half. Um, it was the fifth time in franchise history that they um, entered the locker room at halftime with a 29 point or more um, margin or def or excuse me, where they were leading by 29 points. I almost said um, deficit. That was the Wizards' problem. Um, yeah, it was just <laughs> the Thunder were firing on all cylinders, but like I said, it came within the flow of their offense. Guys making the extra pass uh, onto um, into players that were wide open. Um, guys like Terrence Ferguson, uh, I believe Terrence opened up his first two three-pointers in the first half and knocked those down. He had his first three three-pointers overall. Uh, Jeremy Grant, I mean, he was probably the player of the game because even, even when the game was what you could call in doubt, um, he continued to hit shots and he had a bunch of possessions where he made the extra pass to an Alex Abrinas or Patrick Patterson for... Um, an open three that they were able to knock down. I believe he finished with a career high 22 points on nine of 11 shooting. So um, just another great game for Grant um, in his uh, fifth game, I believe as the starter, I believe he started the uh, Boston game. Um, yeah, it's just been Alex Abrinas one night, uh, Jeremy Grant tonight, uh, Dennis Schroeder the other night with, um, with the Clippers, um, just an all around great performance by the team and another good showing by the bench. Yeah, no, good for Jeremy Grant. I think that was such that this was such a good night for him and well deserved, honestly. This is kind of the area he's originally from. They were saying that his father was sitting in the crowd cheering him on. Harvey you Grant. Know, this just got, 
Yeah, it's just got to be a big night for him. And so, obviously, he showed out. He contributed well for the Thunder. And he is starting to become one of those players that you just, you don't almost, I don't want to say you don't expect it, but you almost don't. And then all of a sudden, he'll come out of nowhere and just throw down some dunks, get a good lob from Dennis there in the fourth quarter, which is what I was able to see. So, yeah, good for Jeremy. And this night was definitely deserved for him. He had this night coming for a while. Yeah, I mean, you can focus on Jeremy Grant or you can focus on Russell Westbrook or even Paul George, who missed his first two shots, but then kind of settled down into um, shooting. Ended up, uh, what was it? I actually just had it up. Ended up uh, 6 of 12 from the field, 4 of 6 from the three-point line, and finished with only 17 points. But he had seven assists, and something kind of that I wrote down in my notes, and this is coming from, you know, last night where after the Hornets game, when he was 0 for 10 from the three-point line, and he shared with reporters in the locker room that he has been dealing with drop foot, uh, just basically some nerve um, discomfort in his left foot. Um, And maybe that can be attributed to his poor shooting, you know, overall since the season began. But Mm -hmm. um, despite not getting his shot to fall early on, I mean, Paul was at Paul was he was looking to pass. And at first I thought it was mainly due to discomfort, but he was looking to pass because it was the right play. It was the right play to make in the offense. And I don't have his numbers um, on the season, but he's regularly ended up with six, seven, eight assists a game. So it's just another playmaker on the floor for the Thunder, um, even though Paul George kind of gets the, the tag of being a guy where the, the play is made for him. Not necessarily he is trying to facilitate the offense. So it's just another good wrinkle for the Thunder's offense. And like I said, you can you can kind of point to like one or two individuals in this game. But overall, it was just a great team win. I mean, I'm trying to think of content for this podcast other than the Thunder kicked the Wizards' tail. And the Wizards are just <laughs> terrible right now. I think they're one or one and seven on the, on the year. And it was kind of sad to see Scott Brooks on the sideline dealing with... Um, Dealing with all this, you know, this is a players' league. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, um, somebody asked me on the um, on Twitter on the Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> the so, Twitter. Yeah, somebody asked me on Twitter if they they thought or if I thought this would be Scott Brooks's if he was going to be the first one to go. And it's a players' league. I think the Wizards' problem it it really goes beyond Scott Brooks, but he's probably going to be shown the door fairly soon. Oh, geez, man, that sucks. You know. I always really liked Scott Brooks when he was here in Oklahoma City, but uh, like you said, it's a player's league. It's just kind of how the game is, kind of how the business is. But, no, yeah, I agree with you, Brady. This was a good game for the Thunder to really showcase a lot of unselfish basketball. They had 20 or 21 assists in the first half, ended with 34 overall. I think that was also – that was definitely a season high for them. So it's just like racking them up every single game. And good for the Thunder. You know, when you play unselfish basketball, you're going to get good results. And I think they've really seen that in the past four games. You know, now they've won four straight after going 0-4 to start the season. You know, just playing more and more unselfish basketball, that's really what's going to get them these wins. And it's going to add to the win column. And it's also going to help them to be more comfortable on the court as they continue on in the season. Yeah, unselfish basketball. This this has looked like a fairly different team than last year, definitely than the year prior when it was just Russell the Russell Westbrook show with Victor Oladipo. Um, this this certainly looks like an unselfish team a lot of the time, especially over the last four games. And you know that's going to happen when teams get hot and they go on some nice winning streaks. Everybody looks when, when you're winning, everybody plays the right way. Everybody's unselfish. 
it's when you get into the kind of the doldrums of like those five or six game stretches where you win only two or you only win three. That's when you kind of show what you truly are just because you just, you basically do what comes naturally and instinctively. But even in those first four losses, the ball's been swinging around. The problem was the Thunder just couldn't get the ball through the hoop. They just weren't hitting their shots. But the offense mm-hmm. was still fairly um, appealing in terms of the ball movement, in terms of the guys getting the shots to go up. Um, so when, when you kind of add that to this four-game winning streak, it's really it's it's really a kind of a breath of fresh air considering kind of the Thunder team that you and I have been become accustomed to over the last few seasons. I mean, I tweeted right. this, I tweeted this out. Um, the scoring average for the Thunder in their first four games, all those those first four losses, was one hundred and one points. Um, now, granted, the NBA average for um, a score in a game is one hundred and twelve po- around one hundred and twelve points. So, in those first four losses, the Thunder, like we had been saying, having trouble getting the ball to go through the hoop, only scored about one hundred and two points a game. And in their uh, last four games, in the four wins, they've scored over one hundred and twenty-two points per game. Um, it, it's been a profound difference by just the Russell Westbrook's return. It's been a profound difference to see guys knocking down shots like Jeremy Grant, like Alex Abrinas. Um, I, I just, I really don't, I, I really just don't know what this team is just yet because we saw the lowest of lows with a four game losing streak. And, and now we've seen the highest of highs with a four game winning streak. So, I mean, I guess the, the cop out is to say <laughs> that there's like some gray area, you know, there's going to be some regressing to the mean here, but I I mean, even in those losses, Madison, it's, it's been, there's a lot you can be optimistic about if you're a Thunder fan. Yeah, for sure. And I think what the, like the best thing to be optimistic about for Thunder fans right now is the fact that we have such a well-rounded team right now. Like the Thunder have an incredible bench unit and you have uh, Alex and Dennis combining for 46 last night. Dennis finished with 16 tonight, but he had five assists, six rebounds, two steals, And, you know, you have these guys coming off the bench and they're delivering and they're making plays and it's a new night for every single player. You know, you had Alex Abrinas with his night of 25. You had Nerland the other night uh, getting out there with 22 when Steven had to be out. Jeremy Grant had his night tonight with 22. Yeah, 22. And then Patrick Patterson against the Suns, he put up 17. You know, it's like every night is a new night for a guy, and it's not all about Russell Westbrook. It's not all about Paul George like it has been in the past couple of seasons. And I think Thunder fans can take a lot of comfort in that, knowing that, you know, every night is going to be a new night, and you have no idea what you're going to get from these guys. But they're going to go out there. They're going to perform. And, yeah, they're they're going to deliver, hopefully bring out a win for the Thunder fans. Yeah, um, I mean, the other thing that's kind of been the theme of the last four games has just been Russell Westbrook's play. I mean, he's shooting around 55% from the field. Um, his turnovers have gone down, down, down. He had um, six turnovers four games ago, then three the next game, then three the following game, and then one tonight. 12 assists tonight, 10 assists against Charlotte, eight assists against the Clippers, and seven assists against the uh, the Phoenix Suns. And he he's not... He's not chucking up a lot of shots. He's he shot 25 shots in the um, in the Clippers and the um, what was the previous game? The Clippers and the in the Hornets game, excuse me. Um, but both those games kind of went deep into the fourth quarter, except for the uh, Clippers game. It just made that was mainly a, pretty much due to that third quarter where the Thunder had to score all those 39 points. 
But mm-hmm. mainly, like, the point here is Russell isn't taking a lot of shots. He's especially not taking a lot of three-point shots. He's playing more efficiently. And I'm curious, how much of this has to do with the fact that, like, kind of what we said at the beginning of the show, Paul George is becoming a, a – he's a, a little bit more comfortable as a facilitator with his assist numbers going up. And how much mm-hmm. can it, can this be attributed to Dennis Schroeder's addition to the team? It Basically just having another guy that can facilitate the offense, whether or not Russell's on the floor or not – um and another guy that can just handle the ball. I mean, it's 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 kind of it's kind of interesting to see just kind of a new Russell Westbrook that doesn't have to take thirty or more shots in order for the Thunder to just squeak by and win a game. Yeah, I think you I think you really hit the hammer on the nail right there with that. I think having players like Dennis, having players like Paul who are who's taking more of a role of like you said, generating uh, good assists and taking more rebounds and being better on defense and. You know, Russell doesn't have to completely overpower himself and tire himself out every single night to kind of lead this team. He has guys out there who are going to be delivering and making good plays and, you know, pushing this Thunder team forward. And I think, you know, Russ didn't even play at all in the fourth quarter tonight. He was able to just kind of sit there, let his body heal, let his mind heal. They'll be back in action on Monday. So, and, you know, yeah, being like in the game yesterday, they were they were played last night in Charlotte, had to hop on a plane get over to D.C., play a game tonight, and they looked pretty energized to me, at least what I was able to watch. I mean, yes, I missed most of the game, but they looked pretty energized. They were taking good shots. They were making good looks, and, you know, that's definitely notable right there, I would say. You may have missed the game, Asim, but you didn't really miss much. I mean, we (laughs) we pretty much covered all the points for this game, and this podcast is only about 13, 14 minutes long. Uh, the Wizards stank. Um, I guess the, on- the only time that, th- that this game was kind of in question was on that 13-3 run to open the game when the Wizards took the, the big lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwight Howard was just having his way with Steven Adams. Uh, Steven Adams had a really quiet night considering how successful the Thunder were as a team. He finished with 15 points, only three rebounds, uh, four personal fouls. He didn't really pr- play much after he pick up, picked up that fourth personal foul in the third quarter. Um, but mm. Dwight Howard ended up going what five of five from the field to start off the game. He finished with twenty points, um, twenty points, three three rebounds. Was the overall the Wizards' best player, which is kind of a welcome sight for you know I guess Dwight Howard fans if there are <laughs> if those still exist. Um, but you know the the two Wizard stars, Bradley Beal, John Wall. Uh, I mean Beal finished with twenty seven points, um, just. The Wizards stink. <laughs> they just yeah. they, they they're just bad, and they're they're so talent. Everybody knows their talent. They they are like the worst version of the twenty uh, the twenty seventeen eighteen Thunder, where the th- last year everybody knew <laughs> the talent on the Thunder's roster, and they could just never quite reach that potential. But having said that, they were still a pretty a pretty solid team. They just did they just didn't meet expectations. This Wizards team, I don't like. There are no expectations. But having said that, you and I kind of said that um, if the Thunder could split this back-to-back road trip, that would be a success. So we've got to eat our crow here a little bit just just because the Thunder go in and dominate the second half against Charlotte, and they dominate the entire game except for you know the third quarter they kind of got lazy, the fourth quarter nobody played. Uh, so overall they dominated the game tonight. So just a really great showing by the Thunder on the road. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I didn't get, I mean, obviously I've said this multiple times throughout the podcast. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but kind of what I'm taking away from reading 
uh, stats from previous quarters is that the Thunder played four good quarters of basketball tonight, even when we had the bench unit out there in the fourth quarter. But they played four good quarters of basketball, and sometimes that doesn't always happen for this team. You know, the Thunder will at least have one quarter of people watching through clenched teeth. But there have been four good quarters in this game, and that's saying a lot, especially considering they just stepped off the plane from Charlotte and had to go play another game tonight. And I don't believe the Wizards played a game last night or the night before. I'm not even sure. They've been off. Yeah, the Wizards had some time to heal and get ready for this, but the Thunder just came out firing tonight, and, you know, hats off to them. Great performance tonight. You ready to get to uh, questions? Let's just, I mean, absolutely. It, it was a dominant win. There's really not that much you can say about a dominant win or a dominant loss other than what happened. <laughs> you, there's not that yeah. much analysis that needs to come from this. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's just open yeah, up let's the questions. Take some questions. Yeah, we have, we have a few. Um, okay. This one comes from, I don't know who this is. His name is Eddie Rad, 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 Radosa. Oh, Radosevich. I don't know who that is. Eddie. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a big he, he, like, he's a big Thunder fan. Big Thunder oh, fan. Oh, yes. That that Eddie. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, JK. It's Eddie Eddie Radosevich, the franchise's Ooh. own Eddie Radosevich, also from Soonerscoop.com. Does a fantastic job in everything that he does. So yeah, shout out to you, Eddie. We'll probably get What's you up, on the Eddie. Yeah. Um he would he would he kind of said tonight that since he reported that the Thunder have been back, they are what, four and oh? Or two and zero. I can't remember. Like I can't remember exactly when he reported that. It, he confirmed. He reported and then confirmed his own report. So um, he does a better job than me at covering the Thunder. So I mean, <laughs> I bow down to his his excellence. But uh, Eddie asks, I'm projecting the team to win out. Would ending the season on a 78 game winning streak make the playoffs tough? <laughs> um. Mm, I don't know if we can answer that. I really don't think I have an adequate answer to this question, Eddie. <laughs> I, I really don't know. Um, yeah, Let's Brady, try. take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm at a loss. I don't really, I really don't know what to say. Let's just say that they could probably sneak in at a seven seed of that with that win streak. I don't know if it's sustainable going into the postseason, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, piggyback off of what Brady just said. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me uh thank you Eddie for the question. Let me try Thank you Eddie. Yeah, let me try and find number 2. I'm retweets are going out the yin yang, so it's kind of okay. Thoughts on the bench compared to last year. And this comes from at Don underscore Harrison. Thank you for the question, Don. Thanks, Don. Um yeah, Madison, we talked about this on the show uh last night where um some someone asked us about where does this bench rank amongst the best the better benches in the league? And especially in these last four games, but overall, especially um, considering, you know, Russell Westbrook was out in those first four games. So Dennis Schroeder start or the first two games and Dennis Schroeder started. He's going to be the mm-hmm. Thunder six man pretty much the rest of the year. Um, this this is a great bench and they're really starting to figure it out now, or at least they're just getting hot right now, because when guys like Hamadou Diallo basically the third or fourth guy off your bench are giving you positive minutes. They're giving you good play on the court, you know, six, seven, eight points a game. That, that means that the rest, that means that your bench is pretty dang good because Alex Abrinas, oh, yeah. Alex Abrinas has been hot. I mean, he went two for seven tonight, um, but he still continues to not let, if he's going to have a poor shooting night, like he kind of did tonight, 
He doesn't necessarily let that affect the rest of his game like it has in previous seasons. Uh, Patrick Patterson continues his upward trend in shooting. He looks much more comfortable tonight, uh, than he, especially than he did last night where he didn't play that much. Jer- um, Jeremy Grant, I know, is a starter, um, but he, you know, we have no idea if he's going to start the next game or if he's going to start two months from now. And mm-hmm. all this kind of goes up in the air when you think about Andre Robertson <clears throat> is still probably going to be a, he's going to come back. He's going to be reevaluated next month at some point. We don't know when he'll be able to return afterwards, but uh, I mean, Madison, this is a very impressive bench and I wouldn't be surprised if this bench wins the thunder. You know, it definitely won them last night against the, against the horn against the Hornets with Alex Williams' mm-hmm. hot shooting. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this bench wins the thunder four or five games this year, which could be a huge difference considering how tough the West is. I think this bench is just fantastic. I really do. And kind of like I was saying earlier in the show, you know, Alex had his incredible night last night. I know Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy is a starter, but like Brady was just saying, you never know when Jeremy is going to be put back on the bench when another guy's going to come in. He's, you know, he's kind of in that transition right now, but, you know, he had his night with 22 points. I feel like Hamadou gets better and better every time he steps on the court. He makes more plays and he continues to surprise Thunder fans. And, yeah, and like we said, you know, Patrick, I don't think he scored at all last night. He finished with eight tonight, had 17 against the Suns when we when they were back home. You know, Nerland had his night the other night. And, uh, yeah, I just – I really see a lot of potential for this bench. I think being able to sit players like Russ and Paul and Steven for an entire quarter on an away game, you know, that's <laughs> that's saying a lot. So – this bench has really stepped up. I think these guys know their role. I think they understand, you know, what's expected of them when they step on the court. And so, yeah, Thunder fans should take a lot of comfort in this bench. And I definitely think that this Thunder bench ranks in the top five for sure in the entire league, I would say. Thus far, for sure. I agree. Yeah, thus far. Um, I know it's still early, but yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, it's saying a lot but at the same time. They have, they have, the, they have talent on the roster that's proven. So you could, you can look at this and say, in one hand, say, well, they're just on a hot streak. Or you can look at it as, yeah, they're on a hot streak, but w- these are some players that have, su- that you can say that this is a sustainable level of play. Yeah, when you think no, about when sure. you think when you think about like guys like Dennis Schroeder, when you think about Nerlens Noel, if he for all intents and purposes, Nerlens Noel is playing. Um, how could I describe this? He's he's geared to play. He is he is inspired to play. Let's just say. I mean, in the previous two seasons, he you could probably make the argument that he wasn't. I don't think that's going to be the case this season. So an inspired Nerlens Noel coming off the bench to be your backup five, that's going to that's going to be a mismatch for a lot of other fives. So, I mean, yeah, overall, it's going to be a great bench. Yeah, and Nerlens, I just see him as just an overall great teammate. You know, he when he had his big night, he was still helping guys off the floor. He still stays pretty humble and grounded. And I think that says a lot about the team as a whole because a guy who may have not had great seasons before, but then he steps into a Thunder uniform and he's – able able to perform the way he does now he's able to mesh with this thunder team you know that says a lot about the coaching staff it says a lot about guys like russ and paul being leaders of this team so yeah overall this bench it has a lot of potential and it helps thunder fans plus starters rest a little easier the next question comes from thunder fans which is at thunder underscore f-l-y-s um, why is Adams not considered as good as a rim protector, at least not elite, according to most pundits? Um, is it because his his arm his his wingspan is not long enough, or he has short arm length? 
I think rim protection always gets lumped in with the amount of blocks that you have as a defender. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's why Serge Ibaka was, and Serge Ibaka was a great rim protector. I mean, just ask the Spurs. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, Ibaka's game was predicated on weak, on coming from the weak side and getting that big, like that big possession altering block. Um, Steven Adams, who I don't know if everyone's familiar with his book, but he even said in his book mm-hmm. that his rookie year he was really really concerned about trying to get his blocks up and Nick Collison and Kendrick Perkins kind of sat him aside and kind of explained to him the importance of defense. It's not always predicated on getting a block shot. Steven Adams alters a lot of shots, but that doesn't mean he's going to end up with the block. And then also you got to think as great of an athlete as Steven Adams is, he's a great athlete because he's seven feet tall. He's not a great athlete because he can, he has a, huge vertical or he can run super fast or he has great agility. He he's a great athlete for being seven feet tall. So he's not the type of player that you want coming from the weak side to grab, to go get a block. Um, he's a great rim protector, but in terms of the top five rim, protect, rim protectors in the league, he's not going to have the block numbers to be in that category. So you're just not going to ever hear about him. It's kind of the same thing with him as a center overall. He's not ever going to be a top five center in the league because he's not going to have the numbers. But you ask guys around the league, you ask coaches around the league, Stephen Adams is a top five center. Uh, Stephen Adams is a complete monster. That guy is a brick of muscle. And I almost feel like Stephen's purpose underneath the rim isn't necessarily to get those blocks in. I don't think his wingspan is really a problem. The guy is ginormous. But... I also feel like he is there to force people or force opposing teams to stay away from that rim because he is going to protect that rim at all costs, whether it be him just standing there or uh, throwing his arms up or, you know, he's just, he's a big block of muscle. He's supposed to be a down there. And I think he serves as that, you know, there've been plenty of times that either Brady or myself or, you know, someone else that works here with us, we go into opposing locker rooms and we'll, you know, uh, someone will ask him about Steven Adams and those be like, man, that guy is strong. Like he is big. He is huge. And I I don't know about, (laughs) I don't know about these other NBA players, but I think if Steven Adams bumped into me, I would (laughs) get the breath knocked right out of me. But, you know, he just serves as a threat down there. I think he's, he's doing a good job. Sometimes he has his nights where he's better on offense and then, you know, last night he was better on defense. So it's just kind of however the night goes for someone like Steven. But I think he protects the rim pretty well. Uh, could he get better? Yes. Could everyone get better? Yes. So, you know, we have th- there's a long season. And I think Steven, he really serves a purposeful role, especially underneath the rim. And he definitely serves as a good threat for these other teams that are trying to get in there. And he's doing his job, man. I think he's, I think he's doing his job great. Something that you um, you definitely did miss, though, Madison, and it's something to just kind of put in the back of your mind and remember just in case, because I think you and I and the rest of the, you know, the Thunder fan base and even some of the media um, covering the team, um, Steven has not looked 100% healthy this year. Um, yeah, he, I mean, that Golden, the, Golden, the Golden State game, he was questionable due to back um, soreness. He misses the Phoenix game a few um, a few nights ago with um, calf soreness and Nerlens Noel has the big game in, in his um, absence. Um, he certainly hasn't looked a hundred percent this year, um, but there was one moment at the very beginning of the first quarter. Um, Steven Adams went up to defend. I think it was a Bradley Beal, Beal shot. Um, Bradley Beal went around him. Um, Steven Adams jumped straight up in the air, 
trying to defend the shot and he came down and immediately looked down at his leg and just kind of limped around up the court. He never, he didn't leave the floor. Um, he did at some, when he was taken out at his usual time in the first quarter, he went back to the locker room, went back into the tunnel like he usually does and go, went on the, uh, sat on the bike for a few minutes, then returned to the bench. So it's, it's going to be some, it's probably sadly going to be a nagging issue for Steven Adams and the thunder. If he's not able to just find comfort or, heal basically because he hasn't looked like the player that we've all grown accustomed to on both sides of the floor. And having said that, he still had, he still played phenomenal basketball. Yeah, no, I agree with that actually. And I don't want to use the term lethargic because I think that's almost demeaning to use against someone like Steven Adams, but I've just noticed he hasn't gotten, you know, he doesn't have the hops that he used to have. He didn't, you know, go after, rebounds as fast as he used to and uh you know he's been out rebounded by opposing teams guards before and here's this big seven foot man who's supposed to be hopping up there getting these rebounds just as a block of muscle but yeah he definitely hasn't looked the same as he has last season and I've just been thinking you know he's he's just getting back into rhythm he's getting back into back into the swing of things with this new Thunder team but yeah, I just I, I don't really have a better term for it than just a little lethargic right now. But at the same time, you can't point fingers at him if he's dealing with some back issues, dealing with some calf issues, some leg issues. You got to take that stuff seriously. So, you know, I guess all Thunder fans can hope for right now is that he figures something out. He gets healed, he gets healthy, and he can conti- continue contributing to the Thunder as the season continues. The last question comes from our friend Patrick Robertson at Pat 2000 What's up, Patrick? Um, he sent a screenshot of the Thunder's payroll over the next few seasons and just kind of simply asked, how do how do we, being the Thunder, keep our depth next year? Um, the thing to remember is Nerlens Noel is on a one-and-one deal, so if he has the type of season that he's capable of, I don't think you're going to see Nerlens Noel in a Thunder uniform next year. Alex Sabrinas is on the final year of his deal. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. He's going to gain. He's going to get a lot of money on the open market. Um, I, he's currently at 5.4 million for the year. He's, he's a player that this franchise definitely values. I'm going to just err on the side of, they're not just going to try and let him walk. Well, I'll just say, mm-hmm. um, let me try and look at what else. Um, yeah. Yeah, I am not much of a number cruncher. Don't know. If yeah, I we need we need we need John. This. this is a John Ham question, Patrick. Apologize. This is a John Ham question. It's it's much too late. I haven't like I usually around the trade deadline is when I start looking at start number crunching and start trying to analyze all the contracts to see like who can be moved, why would somebody want to be moved, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But the the two the two that I just will always remember is just Alex Briance's final year of his deal and um, Nerlens Noel. So. Um, I mean, Sam Presti said it in his, I mean, this is probably going to be the blanket statement that you could put on questions like this. He said it in his preseason, um, press conference. If the team is successful, they're more than willing to pay the tax. They weren't as successful as they wanted to be last year. And that's why you saw the thunder really try to cut costs where they knew they could. And of course, a big portion of that was Carmelo Anthony. And everybody knows that Carmelo Anthony was not going to work with the thunder. The thunder were not going to work with Carmelo Anthony. And I say mm-hmm. this knowing full well Carmelo Anthony won the Rockets a game tonight in Brooklyn. I think he had 29 points on 9 of 13 shooting. 
So yeah, there you go, Mello. Me- Mello's best game in two years. So shout out to you, Carmelo. He was always <laughs> awesome to talk to. Um, yeah, that will be the last question. All right. E- easy, yeah. easy, easy, easy. Um, I will point out because I know I've kind of said that the Thunder's play in these first four and these four uh, wins is sustainable. I understand that they're shooting a pretty silly um, percentage from the th- from the three point line. I understand that. However, I'm going. To, I'm a big proponent on on basketball teams hitting trash. If teams are hitting trash, that's when I kind of shake my head and say, "Yeah, good luck with that next or tomorrow night or next week." Um, it it typically happens when like something like, but like a school like Bucknell beats Duke in the NCAA tournament, just because they go like 12, like 12 of 19 from the three point line. And just, just, they just get hot on one night. The thunder have certainly been hot from the three point line in these four wins, but there hasn't been a lot of trash thrown up. You know, the only, the only trash that I can kind of remember is Paul George and Paul George is a heat check type player. And he's a player that. If he hits two in a row, you want him to try and chuck up that third shot because he's the type of player that can get hot. He's an all-star. Yeah. Um, Russell hasn't had like a six for eight night. That That's not sustainable. Jeremy Grant hasn't had like a five of seven night. That's not sustainable. This has all been within the flow of the offense. This has all been shots that Billy Donovan wants generated. The Thunder are just knocking them down. Now, they're going to have nights where they don't knock them down, but they can at least kind of hang their hat on playing good defense, not getting down too much because they will hit their shots and they, um, they won't hit as many, but they'll hit their share. So nothing in these four wins, I I don't think is uh, other than that third quarter against the Clippers where everything just went completely right for the thunder. I think that this is, this is what Billy Domino wants this team to look like. And I think it's certainly attainable. No, I agree with you. And I think you know, we can't really we can't really put our finger on what to expect when the Thunder return home on Monday. You know, they might be great from the three point line. They might be complete garbage from the three point line. We don't know. But um, yeah, I think that's something that only time is going to tell. I think that you're very right. Depending on which player feels like they can get hot, when Paul George gets hot, he he stays pretty hot for a while, and he's able to knock down those threes that he's able to see and able to get. But and I don't know, like Alex Abrinas last night, he was able to really knock down a lot of those threes tonight. Not so much. So honestly, for this team, I, I think it just depends on the night, depends on how they're feeling, and depends on what kind of looks they're getting. So that's something that only games are going to be able to tell. I don't have any other way of predicting that Paul George scores his 10,000th point of his career I believe the um I believe last night Russell Westbrook or either probably tonight if he didn't get it last night Russell Westbrook got his 10,000th rebound of his career so a lot of milestones for both the team and players on this I believe that was last night yeah yeah um for this Thunder roster so kudos to everybody um kudos to you Madison for rushing back from your other job to catch up and (laughs) jump on the podcast Hey, no problem. Sorry that I only had a lot of analysis on the fourth quarter, but that's all I got to watch. So, uh, that, that yeah, was, we that, made it work. That was the probably the best quarter for the Wizards outside of the first four minutes of the first quarter. So, I mean, Wizards <laughs> fans will be happy. Okay, good. Cool. So it was like a well-rounded quarter then. Exactly. Um, yeah, then. that's where we will, I guess that's where we will end it tonight. Uh, the Thunder destroy the Washington Wizards 134 to 111. Uh, the Thunder are now back at 500 after starting off 0 and 4. They are 4 and 4 on the year. 
Um, they have the next few days off where they return to Oklahoma City. They play the New Orleans Pelicans and Anthony Davis. I'm excited to see Anthony Davis in person. It's going to be exciting on Monday night. Uh, MVP so, candidate. Yeah, MVP candidate Anthony Davis, that is. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so everybody's excited now, I guess. The mentions are really, really nice, and they're not calling for anybody's job. They're not saying that we suck, Madison. <laughs> so, yay, every, everybody's hey, happy. that's good. <laughs> yes, that is happy. Yeah, but uh, once again, the Thunder win, 134-111. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast once again. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and always leave a comment, subscribe, do all that fun stuff, and we'll greatly appreciate it. That's right. I don't know what else to say, so yeah, take it away, Brady. Awesome. Well, for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Tranum signing off. Good night, everybody. Good night.